Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 41 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz, and I'm going to toss it over here across the screen. I sound like a broken record because I am to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's going on, bud? How you feeling? How we doing? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good, you know. <laughs> I, uh, you know. I got all the depression out of my system, sort of uh, you know, went through my Manella's three stages of grieving and was able to you know, cycle through all my feelings about everything. So I, I'm good now. I'm, I'm, I'm good. So lots to hit on on this episode and very curious to hear some of your thoughts on what's going on since we last talked. Also going to toss it over here across the screen to producer Mac Vogel. What's up everyone? Um, yeah, much like Nick, I feel like I've had, you know, a good couple of days to just kind of get it all out of my system. I think also honestly it helped just recording the episode and basically just assuming they were already dead in the water last week because honestly when it happened i didn't really feel that upset i was just kind of like all right well we all saw that coming after we lost three so i will say this it was very typical like washington capitals of it's just like a typical playoff exit for them like nothing can ever be easy with this team like of course they win one game and everyone's hopes start to go back up a little bit and then they rip the floor out from underneath of you. So nothing that I, I don't think any of us are, aren't used to at this point. So, uh, yeah, life goes on. Well, I think you guys set the stage really well, and that's going to kind of tie into the first piece of major news of many that happened over the past week. I'm going to let Nick and Mac kind of go through their own little therapy session here and let them take the floor. So, Yeah. Uh, this was pretty big. I think this happened a lot faster than a lot of Caps fans thought this was going to. But the Washington Capitals have fired head coach Todd Reardon uh, in just two seasons uh, with the Caps. Uh, he did win the Metro Division both se- both years, but ultimately could not make it out of the first round of the playoffs in both of those campaigns. And I, you know, Mac and I were in agreement that this was the right move. Uh, you know, when we were uh, when we last spoke impending before the caps, uh, you know, ate it, but I don't think I expected it to come this soon. Mac, I don't know if you're, um, in agreement with me there, but, uh, I was definitely a little bit surprised at how fast this one came out. Um, I think, you know, maybe I was expecting a little bit longer, but I, I guess I see why, I mean, why wait? You might as well just, you know, cut ties with it right away. It gives you more time to, um, already start, you know, start the search and um, be upfront about that. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's exciting for sure. I, I hope that um, we can find somebody that um, is actually going to be able to crack the whip a little bit. I always got the feeling that, um, and maybe it's just kind of because of some of the assistant coaches I've had in my life, but, um, you know, I feel like when you have an assistant coach that becomes the head coach, a lot of times it doesn't work out just because typically the assistant coach is sort of that like good cop, to the bad cop, 
where you can kind of be a little more buddy buddy with him and like less strict, you know? And so I do kind of wonder if that was the case when um, Trotz was the head coach of the caps, if maybe they were a little bit like more chill around Todd. And then when he became the big bench boss, maybe it just didn't quite work, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my initial reaction when this came out is one, they're either trying to make like a big statement to both, you know, the fans, ownership, locker room, whoever saying this isn't working. We got to change it up Two, I'm kind of hoping they have their eye on someone out there and they want to make it known that this job is open before someone else scoops them up. Uh, if you listened to last episode, you'll know that, uh, phase one of my master plan is now complete. Uh, phase two is just going to get Peter Laviolette. Um, or Babs. Actually, well, pre- preferably Laviolette. I, it was so funny. I had so many people text me and just all they said was phase one is complete on to phase two. There you go. Yeah. I uh, Babs rumors. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't see it. I, I hope for your sake that's not true. You know whose name I have seen that is going to put you through the fucking roof is... Uh, uh-huh. Danny Biles, <laughs> you don't want that. Trust me. Uh, I don't know. You don't want that. Trust me. You don't want it. Man. Dangerous. Not smart. You can have Mark Recchi. His hair plugs are pretty nice. Uh, I, I'd rather have him play than have him coach. Uh, <laughs> I, the other name I saw that uh, Kaplan and Wyshynski wrote an article about this on ESPN, and one of them said that it's not far off to think that Boudreaux could come back, oh which I think I, I no chance in hell that happens. I saw Toronto was all in on him. Yeah. I don't want Boudreaux. Dude, look at where Boudreaux has been since he left us. With yeah, seriously. Continue to lose in the first and second round and like come on, the ducks, the wild. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Gerard Gallant, maybe. Yeah, that's another name that's that I one. don't I don't necessarily hate as an option. It's just for me, it's hard to overlook Laviolette out there as, you know, the blue chip. Like, you know, I like Gallant better, honestly. I think he's a, I think he would suit the person. I think he would suit the personnel a little better. The caps kind of seem like a, uh, a more, you know, loosey goosey, free flowing kind of team, not super strict. I think Lavi's kind of a little more cracked down with the whip. Than Gallant is. I think true. everybody in everybody in Vegas loved Gallant. I don't think that was a very popular move when they got rid of him. No, That's that it. one was weird. Yeah, I think either one, but you know, it, I just have a weird feeling like something's going to happen in the next like week. It's going to be quick. I hope so because I'd rather know than just sit here wondering all summer. So uh, I'd rather know sooner rather than later. Well, uh, something I'd rather know sooner rather than later is which goaltender the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to keep this summer because our general manager is apparently getting a lot of phone calls about teams wanting both of them, pretty much. Uh, per Jim Rutherford in The Athletic, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I'm having serious talks or seeing exactly how much I can get, but I will say I'm getting close to that point, to understanding just what people are willing to give, so we'll see. I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but I can already see that there is going to be a lot of interest. So, um, yeah, this is kind of expected, especially with the Seattle expansion draft coming up soon. You kind of don't want to just let some one of these guys walk off for free, right? So you yep. kind of have you have to do something this summer. It's, it's inevitably going to happen. Um, I think you will. I, forget who we're going to keep. 
Matt Murray is going to get a better return than Jari, right? I mean, am I crazy for thinking that? I mean, if you go by recency bias, I'd have to say Jari might get you a little bit more. Plus, he's a little bit younger, too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are we going off recency bias or are we going off, like, track record? Because, I mean, it's it's tough. I think it is tough. Thing was to say, like you said, Murray, oh, yeah, you'll definitely get a better return there. But, like, the more I think about it, it really kind of is all about youth, especially when it comes to trade value. Like, it really comes down to how long am I going to be able to, like, keep this guy and, like, how long, how much more of his prime is left ahead of him, you know? And I feel like the answer to that question might be Jari. Yeah, I mean, they're both young as shit, so it's not really a huge problem. I mean, neither of them, I don't think either of them is 26 yet, so there's still a lot of room there. Um, but uh, I, I kind of I want to keep Jari. I'm just going to I was going to say, in my opinion, that's a no-brainer for you guys. That's the it, one that I would keep. Yeah, so I, I think that's probably going to happen. And just from the standpoint of negotiating contracts in the future, Murray's kind of got that, hey, I won like back to back cups. And I'm like, yeah. yo, but you suck ass since then. Like, no, I don't but really I mean, know. hey, I mean, whatever works. I mean, could you see him going to a team that desperately needs like a number one goalie that maybe is like confused between two? I don't know. Uh, Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Edmonton's Calgary. on everybody. I kind of. So. Like, uh, I could see, like, Holpe going to, like, Edmonton or Calgary or something like that, especially because, like, he's from Canada and everything, you know? Yeah, a lot of goalie a lot of goalie drama this week. I think we've probably seen Braden Holpe in his last game as a capital. I mean, Oh, that's a foregone conclusion. He's, he's so gone. Uh, yeah. And then speaking of goaltender drama, uh, for those who didn't see on our Twitter, but uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's agent is in a little bit of hot water. Flurry's agent Alan Walsh has not been pleased with the star-studded goalie of the Vegas Golden Knights being the backup to Robin Lehner since the playoffs started. Flurry's agent tweeted a picture of Flurry in the butterfly position making a low glove save and coming through his back was a spear right through his back. Um, obviously implying that the team has stabbed Flurry in the back by not starting him this playoffs even though Robin Lehner has looked really good and posted a shutout the other night. What are your guys' thoughts? I th- I mean, I think you nailed it. I think Robin Lehner has looked great. Why would you not go with a hot hand? It's like, I get it. Like, you're an agent and you're concerned about your client because that's where you're making money. But, dude, like, how are, how are you going to say that that's the team stabbing him in the back if they're winning? Like, it just makes no sense to me. Am I wrong or has Robin Lehner still not lost a game as a member of this team? Like, even back to the regular season, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> He lost one to Chicago. I'm pretty sure the one Chicago one he started. I thought that was uh, the Flurry game. No, because remember I went on like a uh, like I was on record last episode saying he just got sixth place in all time playoff wins and shit like that. Okay, well, that, well, either way, I think I think maybe he has one loss uh, total yeah. with the night. He he does have one loss being traded there. So that's yeah. I mean, what like how can you justify not starting him? <laughs> No, I mean the team's winning too. It's 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 very clear. I'm one of the biggest Flurry fans there is out there. Um, I love this because it gives us stuff to talk about, and it's very rare that you get this kind of drama in the hockey world compared to some other sports that are out there. But I don't really think it was justified. He's since deleted it after Flurry's um, request to do so. Flurry spoke with the team, basically said, you know, no hard feelings. I don't really feel like this. He's probably just butt hurt because. 
his commission check relies on my contract in the future, right? So, sure. Um, interesting to see where Flower goes after this. Uh, I would love to have him back in Pittsburgh. I would absolutely love that. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, but there have been crazier things that have happened. Yeah. And something crazy that just came out today, actually, is that Alex Ovechkin has now been named the cover athlete for NHL 21. This is Ovi's second appearance on the cover, first time since NHL 07 when he had a little more hair and a little less gray. <laughs> and I think he might have had one more tooth at that point, too. Yeah, uh, likely. Yeah, I mean... I, you know, I had a bunch of people text me today and be like, oh, fuck, here comes the cover curse. Oh, it's like the Chell curse or the Madden curse. And I mean, you can believe in that stuff if you want to. All I know is that the hype video that EA Sports dropped for this was I thought was fantastic. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's cool that he's on the cover. I think if we're going to talk about NHL 21, I want to talk about all the things I want them to do different than what they did in NHL 20, um, which by the way, franchise mode needs a complete overhaul, but we can spend a separate episode. Yeah. We can spend an entire like week of episodes on that. Uh, But I mean, it's, it's cool for him. Uh, You know, I loved, like I said, I love the video they put together, talked about how, you know, he's inspired sort of the younger generations, like the McDavid Matthews line, a Eichel generation, uh, which is kind of cool. And I mean, yeah, definitely gonna buy it so i can't believe they didn't put mckinnon on the cover it seems that's like what i that's dunk. what i wanted to ask you next is who do you guys think should have been on the cover i know i saw like tsn tweeted out that a lot of people were upset that dry or um Posternock. yeah Posternock weren't on the cover and i think i still would have taken like if you had let me choose i would have put mckinnon on the cover over Ovi. And I'd also have put him on over pretty much everyone else in the league because I think he deserves it. But for sure, I do think that the OV cover will sell better than the others, and ultimately that's what it's about. So I get it, but um, yeah, well, it is interesting too what you were saying about inspiration. Though it's it's crazy that we've already gotten to that point where like some players that are entering the league like watched OV and Crosby like gr- when they were growing up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Makes you feel old. Seriously. Um, And other than that, I think we've kind of covered all the new stuff going around the league. I'm going to toss it off to Nick here to go over the injuries, some of which are very key that play a big role in the upcoming series. I think the first one's the biggest is that Avs starting goaltender Philip Grubauer has been, he was, he left game one. It looked like a non-contact injury, which makes me concerned that it's a pull groin. I don't know if you guys saw the play, but that's what it looked like to me. Um, so he's already ruled out for game two, which is tonight, I believe at around 945, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they're going to have to go with Pavel Francouz, who, I mean, he was great over parts of the, you know, regular season, um, but this is going to get interesting because now both teams in this series are relying on their backup goaltenders. And, you know, Dallas has been Bishop day-to-day and Dobby's been playing. So the Avs has some question marks, and it's not just Grubauer. Eric Johnson, um, you know, he had an awkward collision, awkward tangle up, whatever you want to call it, and he's out indefinitely too. So um, that team was trending through the roof. I don't know if you could have been hotter than you know, that team was coming out of the first round, but definitely some setbacks at the beginning of the second round. Yeah. 
Um, I I definitely thought that Colorado was going to win this series after game one, not just because Dallas won, but but obviously some of these injuries. I I definitely think that the Stars are suddenly in a really good spot to win this series. Um, the Grubauer thing is huge, obviously. Um, I also thought it looked like a pulled groin. Um, they did announce that uh, it sounds like Kevin Connaughton is going to be slotting in for um, – Eric Johnson on the back end there. Um, and then obviously Francois and net. Um, I have no idea who their like third string goalie is at this point, but um, I mean, I, I highly doubt we'll, we'll end up seeing him. Um, yeah. Big setback. I, I think Dallas looked really good in game one. Um, and uh, yeah, they're in a good spot after this, no doubt. I got a lot of thoughts that I'll, Save for kind of the series breakdowns and uh, analysis, but yeah, this this one definitely hurts. Throwback to the start of the year when Francois Francois I couldn't say his name five months ago, and I can't say it now. And that had to correct me every time. Um, he's looked stellar all year long. I would expect nothing short of spectacular from him. Um, I don't think they're really going to miss too much of a beat, but I could be totally wrong. Uh, that's just based on what I've seen from him this year. I think the Eric Johnson one really kills him because he's the longest tenured defenseman on the team, uh, logs a big chunk of ice time, so that's going to be tough to fill. Going to have to see a lot more of Ian Cole, who has you know, played really well so far this year, but um, he's kind of the most similar play style right now to Eric Johnson on that back end, so I would expect to see a lot more action from him. Definitely. Uh, moving on. Steven Stamco. So Stammer is still rehabbing and is still unavailable for the beginning of Tampa's second round series or second round matchup with the Bruins. Uh, you know, we I think we all sort of thought he was going to come back a little bit earlier than this, but clearly this is another Stamkos injury that's taking a while to rehab. And I mean, it obviously depends on how far Tampa goes, but I mean, we might not even see him in the postseason at this point. Yeah. I, it... It sucks, dude. I thought nobody's career could be plagued by in- injuries worse than Crosby's, but man, was I wrong. Um, this guy's always fucking hurt, so I don't really have anything to say other than that. Yeah, I would echo that. It just sucks, man. I can't imagine how frustrating that would be for a Bolts fan to uh, just constantly go through that. But I will say, I mean, like, I almost sometimes forget about him at this point, like, just because they do have yeah. so much firepower. Like, I mean, with with a team like that, I mean – yeah, obviously you're going to miss uh, – He's he is a superstar player, no doubt, but um, they definitely got guys that can fill in. It's kind of funny how, how you don't miss him that much, you know? Yeah, for sure. A um, couple other injury tidbits. Thomas Nosick for the Golden Knights is listed as out, and the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, this isn't light sledding for them either. Tyler Toffoli, Tyler Myers, and Michael Furland all did not play in game one against the Knights. Toffoli was lower body injury, Myers with a shoulder, and Furland – the NHL special undisclosed, as they like to say. So, uh, yeah, those are three sort of key pieces for them. I mean, Myers and Toffoli can, um, or sorry, Furland and Toffoli, you know, those are tough guys to have up front. And Toffoli's got some skill, too. And then Myers on the back end, that's a big boy. Um, him and Jordy Ben log a ton of minutes. So uh, I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, Canucks fans are going to be pretty nervous about that going forward. Tyler Toffoli, I believe, won the cup with the Kings, too, didn't he? Yeah. Twice, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think he might be right on that. But either way, he's always kind of reminded me of like a, um, you know, not identical, but in some ways like a TJ Oshie type player where he's a good like top 
six winger that's got a little bit of grit to him. You know, he's not afraid to like rough it up a little bit, but um, for the most part, like a solid skill player. I think they've been missing him for a, a little while now. This is going yeah. like several games in a row now that that he has not been with them. So hopefully that would mean that uh, they might get him back soon. But obviously, no way to know. Excellent comparison. Yeah, that's really a really like good it. one. Um, and that about wraps up the injuries, and we're going to move on to the obituary segment. This is where we're going to say how all of the teams that have been eliminated for the playoffs will be remembered by us, um, similar to what you would read in the newspaper if someone had passed away. So let's start with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Harry, how will you remember this team? <laughs> I like how you asked me first. Um, <laughs> the Cucks. Okay. The Cucks. They cucked me. I don't okay. really have anything else to say. It, Carey Price. That's it. He killed me. It's my yeah. obituary, not theirs. Well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say Carey Price. The only other thing that, that definitely like jumps out to me is um, Shea Weber. I, I had pretty much written Shea Weber off as being like, Dunzo, like no good anymore, like totally old scrub at this point. Uh, boy, was I wrong. He he looked really good for them um, this whole postseason. There's clearly still some gas left in that tank. Yeah, that's spot on. I'm gonna have to say it's the you know I'm gonna remember them as the team that had Jeff Petrie's coming out party because I think now people are seriously giving him a good look. Yeah. I'm trying to keep mine on the one-liners. That's my goal. Okay. Um, moving on to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Harry, how are you going to remember these guys? Uh, five overtimes. Okay. That's good. That's how, that, that was one of the best. I know I said it was boring at some points. One of the best games I've ever watched. Um, and Seth Jones. <laughs> Insane. I mean, Corpus Solid too, but to... More for me, Seth Jones. Seth Jones in the five overtimes. That's how I'll remember it. Yeah. Um, I think this is a classic case of one of those teams where, you know, you always hate to to hear it if you are one of the fans, but uh, it's a classic case of they get eliminated. It's, oh, your future's bright. You know, you got a lot to look forward to. Like, I really think they're, they're on the up and up. They got a lot to look forward to. Seth Jones, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Corpus Allo, they're going to be good, man. There I will I will remember them as the team that won me the live bet of the year. <laughs> so right. I have very so. fond memories of them. That's all I'm going to say. And let's move on to a team I don't have fond memories of in the Carolina Hurricanes. The hype train that died. They, I mean, we were huge on them coming out of uh, the qualifiers with the Rangers. And they... Laid an egg. I mean, I I, I don't know. Um, and Jordan Stahl got his shit rocked by Charlie McAvoy, <laughs> I believe. So that's about all I'll remember. But yeah, the hype train that died. That's spot on, man. I mean, they boy did they really just lose that series for themselves. They they were up two to nothing in that game against Boston, ready to tie the series two to two, and and all of a sudden just gone, no good anymore. Never never came back after that. All bark and no bite. <laughs> I like that. Um, and to wrap up the East, we have the our dearly departed Washington Capitals. Harrison, how will you remember this team? Ooh. 
Um, how do I remember this team? They looked like Pittsburgh 2.0. It's this the exact same series. The exact same thing happened. Islanders played the exact same way. Um, it's not the Caps' fault. The Islanders are a really good team. They're doing it right now in Philly as I currently speak. So um, they got Pittsburghed. I mean, that's, that's, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to just think of Reardon immediately. I don't know. I, I feel like years from now, I'm always going to think back and be like, oh, yeah, the Reardon years, you know, the, those two dud playoff first-round exits. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this was the team that had like four players show up because it seemed like they were playing with four players all night, uh, night in and night out. So that or just infuriating, I think is a good word. But uh, let's move on to the West, the Chicago Blackhawks. How are you guys going to remember them? Fucking Oli Mata had six points in the playoffs. That's all I remember. <laughs> Absurd. That's uh, all I have. Slater Cuckoo, baby. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, I mean, they they impressed me, too. I, I, I did not expect jack shit from them. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching them this postseason. I, Mac, I got to go back to a point you made earlier. This was like, to, to me, this was the team that just couldn't catch a break. Like, it seemed like every bounce sort of went away from them. Uh, and they just had some really bad luck. Uh, what about the Arizona Coyotes? The team that went all in for absolutely nothing. It's kind of how I'll remember it. I mean, seriously, like everyone, when he, they got Taylor Hall, everyone hopped on the hype train and the hype train had died. I mean, they, they were completely outclassed. Um, Darcy Kemper looked really good, but for the most part, I will say they went all in for nothing. Kind of like the Blue Jackets last year. I got uh, three words for this one. Thanks for playing. That's it. Just like the end of a fucking like video game. Just like, all right, yep. thanks for playing fucking participation trophy. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, I will remember them as the team that rented a U-Haul, as in Taylor Hall, <laughs> for, for half the year. There you go. Where you think? Um, well, actually, we'll save that for a different episode. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, not a whole lot to talk about with them. What about the Calgary Flames? Mm, kind of weird, weird one because the first player you really think of is Matt Kachuk, but he was out for a lot of the playoffs, so that kind of sucked for them. I feel like they could m- probably still be playing had he been able to uh, play to his fullest. But other than that, I guess I would just say he fucking sliced someone's ankle open. I mean, other than that, it's really it, I don't really have much other than that. Whenever I think about the Flames, I just think like. I'm just frustrated, like, for whoever their opponent is on whatever given day it is. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you all had those teams when when we played hockey where you were just like, God, I fucking hate playing this team. Like, I mean, Kachuk, Lucic. I don't know. They always just, anytime I think of the Flames, I think of just, like, frustration, honestly. Even though they lost, they, they definitely had that frustration element. I just... I feel like they've kind of been in this limbo phase for so long now. And I'm just going to say the team that's stuck in purgatory, because I feel like that's where they are right now. Like they can't get out of the first round. Um, You know, they're either missing the playoffs or they're, you know, in the exact same situation we just saw them be in. Uh, So that's how I'm going to remember them. And I think this is going to be fun. 
how are you guys going to remember the St. Louis Blues, our current and no longer defending Stanley Cup champion? Because I feel like a lot of things could be said about this team. They look nervous. <laughs> Someone looked nervous. That's all I got to say. Oh. Didn't really play as well as uh, the year before. So, uh, I have two things to say. One, they reminded me a lot of the Caps last year as the defending Cup champs. Like, ton of hype going into the postseason like oh these guys could do it again and then all of a sudden no goodbye um and honestly yeah that's all i have to say i thought bennington looked like a wet sag of garbage i thought he looked horrible so yeah i mean vancouver had their way i mean bo horvat legitimately looked like pavel Dotsuk on two different occasions so um no discredit to Bo Horvat, but that didn't look pretty. Um, curious to see what Petrangelo does. Yeah, and people thought that oh he's gone. Um, and people <laughs> thought that the Blues got better. Like they brought in Justin Falk, and yeah. I mean, well, COVID Cup. Yeah, so. exactly. So you know what are you gonna do? Um, well, I think that wraps it up for the uh, death section of um, the episode. <laughs> And we can move into the conference semifinals preview. Uh, so let's get started out west with the number one seed Vegas Golden Knights and the number five seed Vancouver Canucks. Uh, game one of the series has already been played. Vancouver, or sorry, Vegas is up in the series one game to none. They throttled the Canucks in game one, five zip. Uh, did you guys catch any of this one? I caught most of it. Um, actually, all of it. Now I think about it. Um, Let Mac talk. I was in REM cycle. <laughs> yeah, the uh, our our official West Coast correspondent over here. Um, yeah, I it, Vegas looks fucking filthy, man. I I don't know what else to say about it. As soon as uh, as soon as they won that game, and actually earlier than that, after they scored like two goals. Um, I went on to see what the series price was because I was like, God damn, if there's ever been a lock, it's that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win this series. They're already, even though they're only up one game, Vegas is already minus like 930 to win that. Jesus series. Christ. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Like, that they, never happens. I know. I was shocked because I was like, dude, I have to put like just 50 bucks on this. Like, I don't care how, like, I expected it to be like, Minus four or five hundred or something, but like, dude, minus yeah, nine, whatever. Geez. That's like some basketball odds. Yeah, for real. Um, um it, it's it's frustrating because I actually really like this Vancouver Canucks team. I, I think that there's a lot of special things about that team, but there's just no way I can see them beating the Knights. No, I, I don't either. Um. I saw Alex Tuck's goal, and my God, that was just a great effort, great speed. Those are the kind of goals that you need from those kind of players to make a serious cup run. Um, prior to game one, had I given a prediction, I probably would have said Knights and six. Um, I'll stand by that, obviously, especially after seeing what happened in game one. Canucks had a lot of injuries, as Nick had detailed earlier. Um I'm not trying to play prisoner of the moment, even though I probably am being one, but I see Vegas just absolutely steamrolling them. Five at max, maybe. Yep. Wow. I mean, I, I think the Canucks have proven to us that they can be scrappy. I mean, I don't really people, you know, people don't really give them much of a chance against the Blues. And, you know, granted, the Blues did self implode a little bit. 
Um, I think they hung in there. I think, you know, like you said, the injuries there are really going to hurt them, especially with a team that's as explosive as Vegas can be. But I don't know. You never know. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens. I'm actually going to go Canucks in seven. Oh, shit. That's a ballsy one. Get that on record. You should. Uh, you might as well toss ten bucks on the Canucks to win the series if you really believe in that, because I think they're like plus five something. Like they're man. Yeah, well. I'm think like I think I'm going on like you know whole like Harrison like you say prisoner of the moment, but it's only because everything I've picked so far has turned into a wet pile of poop that I'm just now going against what my gut is telling me to do. Can't yeah. relate. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what Harrison said as well. I, I actually think at this point um, the Canucks will be lucky to get a game. I think it'll be Vegas and five. Can we take a moment for a second? Can we acknowledge how hot I am right now? You are <laughs> on fire. I am in fucking fuego. And yeah. to all of our listeners who actually listen to me, one, you're welcome. Two, keep listening to me because I ain't stopping. Um, I don't like betting game once. I I will say that now. I I am not a fan of it. You never um, know what you're going to get. Exactly. You, you kind of need to get a, a feel. You get a lay, lay of the land, kind of. The best time to make money in the playoffs, in my opinion, is when you get game fives and sixes where there's elimination at stake. That's where you make the big bucks, right? And that's when I just have good gut feelings when that happens. Um, so, you know, stay tuned. Keep listening to the Instagram and uh, Twitter to see what the picks are on the daily. But, uh yeah, I I can't be stopped. That was an unreal week for me. So I'm a I'm a big game three guy. Like if if once you yeah. get like two games under your belt, you see you know you have one team. Are they you know whoever wins the first game? Are they going up two games to nothing? And does that you know opposing team have something that they can come back with in that third game? Right. I don't know. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. No. I I I definitely think the first two games are a feel out process, and after that, that's when you kind of start laying some juice on things. Yeah, what was that? Um, I know you texted this in the group the other day. That bet that like it was like Vegas to score three or more goals was like plus one something or something ridiculous like that. That was Meg yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually took that bet yesterday. Um, I also don't love betting on game ones, like, but I think there are some exceptions. I don't like picking the team to win. I don't like the money line or the puck line for game one. But um, yeah, this was a good one for yesterday. It was literally. Um, Vegas to score at least four goals at like plus one ten. So I threw, I only threw ten bucks on it, but I got that ten bucks right in my pocket. So easy money. One of the bets I really like that I actually hit um, on game one of Caps Idols was predicting no goals to be scored by either team in the first period. Love that with the Islanders too. And the fact that they're playing against Carter Hart, I mean, granted, they got there, it was one nothing after the first, but I love, love that bet. That's a good one. I mean, the, especially I, with how stingy that I, Islanders team is. Fun fact, and this isn't a fact unless it's confirmed, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. I think, except for that game one, the Islanders have scored a goal in every first period so far since the return to play. Thank they you. Have. Yeah. 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 So keep an eye on that. I mean, there's a lot of prop bets where you can get first period only. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, the other thing was uh, the uh, – just uh, never mind. Lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, everyone. It happens to me all the time. 
Uh, moving on, the number two Colorado Avalanche and the number three Dallas Stars. Uh, I think this is a series that a lot of us have our eyes on. Um, I certainly do. I have a, a future pick riding on this, so uh, I'm watching this one very closely. As of right now, the Stars are up in the series one zip. Game two is tonight, as I believe we mentioned earlier, at 9.45 p.m. Um, the Stars beat the Avs 5-3 to three in game one. Obviously, that was the game that Grubauer got injured. Uh, and we already mentioned at the beginning of this episode that both teams are starting their backup goaltenders in game two with Bishop and Grubbs injured. What have you guys thought about this series so far? Did you catch that game one? What were your impressions? It was exciting. It was a really fun game. Um Dallas looked better than I expected them to. Again, there was a ton of hype surrounding Colorado going into this series. Um, I definitely fell victim to that a little bit. I kind of expected a big Colorado win. Um, You know, I expected a close game, but I would have maybe guessed like a 5-3 Colorado win, if anything. Um, But, yeah, both both teams look good. I I like the way that Colorado um, stuck with it, and they they, – they responded to almost every goal that Dallas scored. Like it was a very like ping pong match type of game. Um, so I'm excited for tonight. I think it's going to be another good one. Yeah, it was a good game. I think the only part that kind of sucks for Avs fans is that, you know, I was shitting on Tyler Sagan a little bit um, two episodes ago and was saying he was my least impressive player and he kind of woke up and he was flying out there, right? He looks good. Um, the stars just look fast. They're a lot faster than I thought they would be, and especially when you're being compared to Colorado, one of the one of, if not the deepest team in the league. Um, they're flying out there, right? And Blake Como, he looked really good. Guy that he's going to chip in that you're not really expecting to. More of a third, fourth line guy. Uh, Haskinen, we've sucked his dick enough. I don't want to suck him that dry. Um, Klingberg obviously looked great. So it, with the injuries that. The Avalanche have, I definitely could see the Stars pulling an upset. And I, we said this about Tampa, and I'm going to say this about Dallas. They've never met the expectations that are put on them. And this is the time where everybody's flying high. You got Vegas, you got Colorado, you got Tampa, Boston, Philly, all these big market names that everybody's talking about. And then here's Dallas just kind of flying through the radar. And they got Joe Pavelski in the offseason, and they got the worm, right? And now they got these veterans, and they're savvy, and they're ready. And I've just kind of got that feeling. I'm like, eh, this, this, this could be a secret run. It just, it's one of those surprise ones. For sure. I think they could easily um, upset Colorado. They, uh, they play heavy, too. I feel like people don't give them a lot of you know, credit for that, but they're, uh, they're a yeah. tough team to play against. They have a ton of star power. Um, Obviously, when you put some of the other, you know, if you're Boston and your Tampa and your Colorado, and then, you know, when Edmonton was still in the mix, I feel like they get overshadowed a lot. But uh, they've got some big names and some, you know, really, really talented guys. I still think Colorado is going to get this one done. I'm going to go Avs in six. Ooh. Mac, what do you think? I, um, I forget what I had initially said for how many games. I know I picked Colorado, but um... I think you said seven. I, I kind of want to switch to Dallas in seven. I think that um, these injuries might be too much for um, Colorado to handle. I really don't think uh, Francois had any idea that he'd be slotting into the playoffs here. Uh, he did look good during the year, and so you know maybe he could um, surprise everyone a little bit. But I I think 
that that, and especially like you mentioned earlier, the, the Eric Johnson injury is a big backbreaker defense wins championships as we know. And, um, I think Dallas is going to get this one done, but it won't be easy. So I'll go Dallas and seven. My pre-series pick probably would have been Avalanche and six, but I think now I might want to go Dallas and seven as well. All right. We'll see. Uh, uh, it, it's hard. It's hard not to play prisoner of the moment. Watch Nate Dog go off for like a Hattie and two apples tonight, and I'm just like, well, okay. Well, shit. <laughs> that could very easily happen. Um, let's bounce over to the East. Uh, we have the number one Philadelphia Flyers against the number six New York Islanders. Game one of that is currently underway. Uh, it is one nothing Islanders at the start of the third period. Uh, the Islanders are the lowest remaining seed in the playoffs at a number six. Uh, ton of people were saying a ton of things about this series. I heard a ton of people saying, you know, that the Flyers could sweep this, that the Flyers were going to take this in five. I completely disagree with all of them. In fact, I think the Islanders are going to get this one done in seven. Islanders in six. It's not even a question. I, I'm, I, put, I put money on it before the series started tonight. There is not a question in my mind the Islanders are going to win this series. I'm, this is my most confident pick. Yeah, I think I kind of fucked up with my, my pre-series picks on this one, too. I still don't know how many games. I do think the Islanders are going to win. But this series just feels like the weirdest matchup to me. Like, I know that we have a lot of weird matchups this year because of the way that we're, like, reseeding each round and all that fun stuff, um, which is awesome, by the way. I'm all for some new matchups and not playing the same team every single year in the playoffs. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really just, like, I don't know. Like, Boston and Tampa, that's obviously, like, you know, there's, there's some blood there. I feel like there's some blood – between all these other matchups, Islanders and Flyers, I just feel like I don't like I know they're in the same um, conference, the same division, and everything, but I just feel like they don't like I don't know. It's a weird matchup to me, and so because of that, I like don't quite know what to think. If I'm if I'm a gambler, I am I'm taking the Isles all day long. Um, I would also be hammering unders. I know they're set at five right now. It's absurdly low. But given the play style and Carter Hart, I think you got to be leaning more towards the under more often than not, right? I mean, it's one nothing now going into the third period in game one. I think the Isles get it done in six. I just last year they got swept in the second round by Carolina. They played the same exact way last year. I think this year they're buying into the system even more so than they did last year, if that's possible. I think Trotz has these guys firing on all cylinders. I just don't see I don't see a way they lose. I mean, they're that frustrating to play against. Another point to that under thing, uh, just checked, and the Flyers have not scored more than three goals um, like since the playoffs began, I believe. Uh, actually, in the round robin they did, but I'm pretty sure in all of their um, other games, the most goals they've had is three. Yeah, I, I don't think Varlamov has let in more than three. There was just that one win. Um, for the Caps, where he let in exactly three. So, yeah, a great series to take the under. Uh, fun fact, these two teams are the first two non-original six teams to win the Stanley Cup. Huh. Um, I think that Hart has proven himself. I also, you know, everyone's high on this kid, and he's played amazing. He hasn't shown me that he's invincible, though. I think that's, like, a point that we need to sort of remember is 
I thought at times Carey Price looked invincible. I didn't think this kid looked invincible in that series. I mean, the Canadians who don't necessarily have a very high-powered offense were still able to put up sometimes two, three, four goals on this guy. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I really do think the Islanders get this one done. I'm going, I, like I said, I'm going to go in seven. Um, but yeah. One, one thing that stood out to me, and Nick, you make a great point. He is not invincible. But what I will say is m- this kid bounces back. I mean, wait, yes. he got yanked, I think, twice against the Habs in that series. Yeah. And every time he came back, he posted a clean sheet, right? It's a little yep. it's a little Matt Murray 2016-esque where they they NBC loved to ride that stat where it would be like he's 6-0 and after a loss. It's like, okay. So I feel like that's kind of the same vibe we got going here. I would say that if the Islanders blow the Flyers, you know, right out of the water one game, the Flyers are a great pick to come on the bounce back. I'm wondering if they if the Flyers can't afford to do that though because I think you, you know, to win the Stanley Cup, you have to win all the games you're supposed to and then you've got to steal a few. And I think the Islanders are a team that's going to be really and we've seen this is really really good at stealing games that they're not supposed to win. Oh, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. Like I said, I think the Islanders will win the series. I guess on a, a game-by-game basis, if you're trying to decide, oh, what do I want to put my money on tonight? If the, I think the Flyers are a good bounce-back team. For sure. And, uh, by the way, it is now 2 to nothing. JG, ba- JG Pajot, uh with the goal in the third. I am wow. on and that, um, fire. I think that uh, elite goal scorer, Andy, Andy Green, got the first one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen how gray he is? Horrible. So it's bad. so funny. <laughs> I was watching much of our series with my older sister who like follows, I wouldn't say she follows hockey, but she follows the caps. And um, every time they showed Andy Green, she was like, who is that old man on the ice? Like what? <laughs> who brought their dad? <laughs> uh, uh, our last series to cover before we wrap this up is the number two Tampa Bay lightning versus the number four Boston Bruins. Boston leads the series one zip. They went up three nothing in that game against the Bolts and hung on to win three to two. They are still without the services of their number one goaltender Tuka Rask, who rushed home because his daughter, uh, you know, had an illness or whatever. Uh, obviously, everything seems to be okay now, so that's obviously great to hear. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series? I know these teams have playoff history. I, in fact, I think that these teams took part in the best game seven I've ever watched. I don't know if you guys know which one I'm referencing. It was the year that Boston went on to win the cup. Uh, 2011, I believe it was either the conference semis or the conference finals. It was a one, nothing game. Not one penalty was called conference finals. Was that the goal that Sagan had? It was the goal that uh, Lucic or Horton had. I think it was. Uh, Yeah. Was it? Horton For some reason, but so my thoughts on this series, um, this is tough. This is tough. I mean, you could probably say that, you know, over the course of the year, these were the two biggest heavyweights in the East, right? And I, I think we're kind of seeing that. My heart says Tampa, but my brain says Boston. Um, and I don't know which one to pick because I, re- it, I don't know if you guys got to watch that game. Boston looked really good. And then all of a sudden, and I saw Anson Carter say it on the uh, the pregame show today, had that game gone on five more minutes, the Bolts would have 
won or they would have tied it or they would have came back. They looked really good near the end. They made really solid pushes. I think if they had Stamkos, I would feel more confident. But as a result, I don't. However, I think they have the better goalie. I think they have the better overall team, even without Stamkos. I think the it, it just has to happen. Like it can't. Maybe it's just me thinking like that, but like they have to get it done, right? Like this is this is finally their chance, right? I mean, all the pressure's kind of been off of them. More people were riding the Bruins hype train this year, so as a result, fuck it, I'm going Tampa in seven. Yeah, I think. Um... This is tough. Obviously, they're both excellent teams. I do tend to think that Tampa has the better squad overall. Um, This is where I wonder how much it will matter that the Bruins made it to the cup final last year. Like, I think there's definitely something unspoken that is within a team that, that just made it to the cup final and lost, especially in game seven at home and lost, you know, they were that fucking close to another cup. And, you know, a lot of those players are still on that Bruins team. Here they are. They're up one, nothing in the second round. They're, you know, they're on their way to possibly getting back there. The only reason I think Boston might end up winning this series is because I think that's gonna that's gotta push you a little bit harder to to know that you were just there. You gotta get back there, especially while you still have a lot of those same pieces that got you there last year. Um I I think I'm gonna go Boston in seven. I think they're the kind of team that that plays really well in in super high stakes scenarios they're the kind of team that's built for a game seven whereas tampa is we've seen them fuck up in game sevens time after time um i i I don't like either team very much i want this for tampa because i feel a little bad for how how often they just kind of implode but i do think boston's gonna win the series i'm picking the bees in seven i you know Harry, I go back to what you said. You know, you feel like this has to be it for them. Like, they have to get this one done. And it's sort of like I think our brain was like when Toronto was playing Boston. And we were like, this, like, they have to be able to do it this year. Like, you know, they've been doing this for so long. These teams have bumped into each other so many times. And, you know, that part of me wants me to go with Tampa and I'm going to go with Tampa in seven. And I go back to the point you made about uh, Tampa, not having uh, Stamkos. I think where it's going to come to hurt Boston is that Boston doesn't have Rask right now and not, not taking anything away from Halak, but I think Rask was the goalie Mac. Like you said, part of that experience core that got them to that cup final last year. And that kept them in that series. And I really think that's where Tampa has an advantage in Vassy. Not to mention, we've talked countless times about how they've sort of made themselves deeper with Bogosian and with Pat Maroon and with Blake Coleman. And I really think that's going to be what pushes them over the edge uh, to get the series done in seven. That is a good point. I also have talked with uh, a couple of friends about how the lightning do sort of have uh, 2018 caps vibes, if you will. I know we all also talked about how earlier um, in the series, you know, the bolts, obviously flew under the radar a little bit. And so um, that definitely gives them a, a, you know, a bit of a question mark, whereas like, okay, is this the year where they can fly under the radar and, and actually get it done? 
Um, and so, you know, it's tough. It's tough to pick somebody in this series, but um, I will give you that. The, the Bolts do have 2018 Caps Cup vibes a little bit in some ways. I, I completely agree. I think that about does it for our playoff previews. I would say so. We're at like announced. that. I love that like the playoffs are like reaching that point where they're really, really starting to ramp up. But that first round, man, I mean, when hockey's the on from the first round, we're unreal. When it's on from noon until like 10 p.m. So cool. Oh, it, my God. It's the best. I got yeah, addicted to that. Waking up at 9 a.m. most days to watch hockey. Like I was turning on the TV from my bed to start watching hockey. It was unreal. How did you get anything done? I honestly, I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I was at work like with another tab on the Reddit stream. <laughs> my computer but um yeah no it was a blast waking up cracking some coffee watching the game probably drinking your coffee out of that brand new empty better mugs that just dropped on the merchandise store transition of the year holy shit that went well harrison (laughs) um so for those of you who don't know nick devoted a lot of time over the weekend to getting some new merch out so we now have brand new empty betters coffee mugs and face masks um nick do you want to touch on just what you did they're not you know they're not goalie masks but they're face masks they won't stop a puck but they might be able to stop the spread of covid so wear it so i can go back to fucking sporting events thank you keep the change um yeah so go check those out there's some new stuff definitely some more stuff going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks that we're going to put together so hopefully you guys enjoy that support us a little bit so we can continue to do fun shit and grow this and i think that's all i got yeah, um, I think I said this last time, and I'll say it again. Any final notes? No? Okay. Well, that'll wrap it up for episode 41. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate all the love and support. Uh, the numbers have looked pretty good since the playoffs started, and it's really good to just be talking about hockey and not making up dumb top ten lists. So without further ado. Class dismissed.